You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. Hats, Tats, and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats, a championship caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York. I am EZD here with you guys doing the thing as I always do, and I brought in some help this week. Joining me is Mr. History, Andrew Lenz. What's up, Andrew? Nothing much. I love the nickname. This Listen, the nickname. The, we, this is what we do on this show. I am EZD. We got Bold Claim Ben, Big Diesel, the Statman, T-Wave. You are Mr. History. Uh, last time Andrew was on, I'm pretty sure I just called him the Podfather. Yeah, you got to have a nickname if you're coming on the show. I, yeah, I just picture myself like wearing the round glasses and the scholar cap, you know, the graduation cap. Ooh, calling me Mister History, Mister History. I mean, with that like, we we could get you a, a powdered wig. Yeah, <laughs> like a cop <laughs> of. Oh my goodness, what was his name? The professor or something way back in the '80s for WWF and then Mr. Peabody glasses. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I just remember it was macho man's brother. That was that guy, but oh I can't, Oh my God. I, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Mr. Leap and Lenny Poflo. <laughs> well, they, they've done that professor kind of thing. Who is it? I'm Matt Stryker and I'm your teacher. Like they've done that a bunch yeah. of times, you know, cause they, there's no original ideas anymore. No, they're, there really isn't. I'll tell you what uh, we he do. The genius. The genius. There are some original ideas, and I have to give a shout out real quick to my buddies over at Mafia Pack. Uh, they are partnering with us this week. You can check them out www.mafiapack.com. They have launched their Mafia Pack 3.0, which is on sale through Sunday. So if it is after the first weekend in August when you're hearing this, it is a little too late. But uh, we've been blowing it up on social media, so you guys can check it out there. If you missed it, I apologize, but I'll tell you what. I have one of these things. I have actually the only one in existence currently. Uh, the sunglasses are badass. The bucket hat is really cool. The shirt's cool. You get uh, a pint glass with a coaster and a bottle opener on the bottom. All kinds of cool stuff. And I have exclusive information on the mystery item that comes with this. It's really, really cool, and Bills fans are going to appreciate it. So. If you are a Bills fan tuning into us, check that out again, mafiapack.com. And a quick shout out to our sponsor, uh, our other sponsor, our longtime sponsor now, buffalofreddy.com. You can check them out for all your party rental needs, uh, tents, chairs, tables, bounce houses, whole nine yards, www.buffalofreddy.com and one or, uh, 716-4-FREDDY to give them a call. Now, let's get into the, some foot. Let's get into football. Let's get into the real deal here. What, okay. what we're here to do now that I'm done with my rant about <laughs> sponsorships and stuff and partnerships. Well, you gotta gotta get that out of the way. Ah, you know, you gotta pay the bills. Gotta keep the lights yeah. on, right? So uh, we are doing the AFC North today, and I'm proud of myself for not. I've been my brain's been all over the place football wise, so I I'm proud of myself for getting the division right. Because last week I was like, "Are we doing the South, the West, the uh, uh, AL North? What? No, wrong sport." Like, yeah. So we're doing the AFC North, which might be one of the most interesting divisions in football right now. I think so. I think this is a very, I almost would have put it wide open, but right now it's kind of narrow to two teams, but it, there's a sleeper there. I think there's a sleeping giant 
in this. So that's, I think, what makes it the most interesting out of all the divisions. Well, I think on paper with coming back from the injuries that they had last year, and that's really the big one is we're going to start with the Ravens. This team was injury torn last year. Everybody got hurt. All nine of their running backs, three of their quarterbacks, everyone got banged up and they're all coming back. They're all healthy. Um, obviously getting Lamar back and having Lamar be healthy. He came into camp looking like a brick shithouse. Uh, the dude looks like he's ready to make a splash more than he has already. He's made like, I've seen some videos some good looking throws in camp. Again, it's camp. You're supposed to look good. The throws are, but like you're, you're not in a contested pocket for the most part. Uh, you know, we, you're supposed to look good this time of year. Right. And even still, I mean, I saw the ball he threw and it, it checked off a lot of boxes of things he can't do outside the numbers toward the sideline, more than 15 yards downfield. And I was like, Oh damn. And I'll tell you what, man, this Ravens team might be hard to beat. The Ravens are one of those teams since they won the first Super Bowl. Have they really ever been bad? I mean, even last year with all the injuries, they were still like almost number one in the AFC in the AFC. I mean, I, I think they held on to the number one seed for a while there before Kansas City and Buffalo started making their moves. This is probably the best overall team in this whole entire division. You know, this is one of those things, really, no matter what this offense has ever looked like, it, whether it was the, the eliteness of Joe Flacco, whether it's been, you know, the, the bridge games that are the bridge work that they've been doing until they got to Lamar. And now with Lamar taking them, no matter what the offense has looked like, this defense, I mean, defense plays, right? Defense always travels. Yeah, there's never really anything bad about this defense. The Marcus Williams, or yeah, Marcus Williams, signing was huge. Kyle Hamilton, if he leads up to it, you still got Chuck Clark. I mean, the secondary is probably the strongest part of this defense. And that's yeah, saying you, a lot. You, you, they brought over Kyle Fuller. Marlon Humphrey doesn't suck. Marcus Williams and Chuck Clark are a darn good safety tandem. And they have Kyle Hamilton waiting in the wings, which they're talking about him potentially taking on more of a, like a nickel linebacker role to start because of how damn big the kid is. Mm-hmm. You know, then they have a guy on the other side, uh, Marcus Peters. He he's not really anybody. I mean, the the <laughs> big like really. Then you look at their <laughs> you look at their D line between Calais Campbell, Michael Pierce, and Justin Matabuki, and yeah, then they have uh, Adafi Oa rushing. They got some young guys behind them. Really, the question is their their linebacking core. Mm-hmm. You know, Patrick Queen kind of had a resurgence near the end of last year. He's more they, they have him listed now as more of a weak side linebacker than a middle linebacker, which is what they drafted him as. They have Josh Bynes listed as their middle linebacker, Tyrus Bowser on the strong side for, for run support. Oh, by the way, they also have Justin Houston and Malik, uh, Malik Harrison there. Like this defense is awesome. This, like this could be a Pro Bowl defense. Yeah, the defense is definitely always their strength. And I mean, like you said, there's Justin Houston's a little bit long in the tooth, but still as a pass rush specialist, you, you gotta still gotta look out for him. If they had just a really good pass rusher, this would probably be the best defense in all of football. Without question. I mean, if, if you put, I mean, cause Calais Campbell, not bad, but he's not yeah. what people thought he was going to be. And like you said, uh, between Awe and, 
Ajabo, Ajabo, yeah, David Ajabo, their second round pick, and then potentially Justin Houston coming in to rush the passer a little bit. I mean, you're really that's the soft spot of that of that pass rush. I mean, everybody else that's there is good, and you, this is the team that like you add. I don't know if you maybe made a move for like Von Miller, you'd be like, oh fuck, like the team is just a whole. This defense, like it's a holy shit defense. Yeah, which thank God, because the softest spot of this team is their running or is their receiving room. Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, and Jane Proach. I mean, they could, they're all, they could all potentially be very talented. They're all very young. They're just unproven. That has always been the weakest spot because this is primarily just straight running out of anything. So to look at the receiving room and see that they still haven't improved and then you traded away Hollywood Brown is a little, I think that hurts. I think that hurts Lamar Jackson away. You still have Mark Andrews, who's probably the best all around tight end in the NFL. I would, yeah. I mean, I, I would say greater than, greater than Kelsey and Kittle at blocking on par with them receiving wise. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, just get some help, but there's really nothing out there. And they did the Sammy Watkins thing. What last year, everybody knows how that always ends up. And that's the interesting side is they've had receivers come and visit. They've had receivers come and talk and none of them sign Hollywood Mm -hmm. Brown left. And he said, listen, we've been having this conversation in that locker room for four years now, three years now, like this just isn't an offense that a receiver is going to shine. And I want to shine, you know, it's, and when you have a guy who, Basically says like, listen, I love Lamar. That's my guy, but I got to go play. I want to, I want to be the guy. I want a shot to touch the ball and do my thing. Like that's a bad, that's a tough look. I don't know. No matter how you cut it, that's a tough look. So, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's hard when you've got a guy, when you've got guys leaving saying like, oh, I want, I want more. I want, I want to touch the ball. I want to get more touches. I want to tote the rock and I'm not going to do that here. You're not really going to do well to get other receivers there. You know, you're not going to get guys, you know, your big name receivers. You're not going to make, you're, you're not going to get a, a Stefan Diggs player to go, to go there. You're not going to get a Deandre Hopkins player to go there because they want the ball. They want the rock. You're not, you know, Devonte Adams. He went to is, is Derek Carr on par with Aaron Rodgers? No. I mean, he's close. Okay. Close comparatively speaking to the rest of the league, I guess. I mean, Derek Carr is a top 15, possibly top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And most people would say, would you rather have Derek Carr or Lamar? Most people would say probably Lamar. He was already got an MVP. The dude's electric when he's got the ball in his hands. And it's just one of those things where receivers for some reason aren't going there to play. So they're, 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 they're rusting on a first round pick this year, a third round pick last year and a sixth round pick last year. And then the guys behind them, uh, Benjamin Victor, Jalen Moore, and then a fourth round pick from this year, Tylen Wallace. Now those fourth round picks, those six round picks, those dudes are scary. Cause you never know who's going to hit. You never know who your next age or uh, Antonio Brown is going to be. I mean, the, the guys, the receivers out here that have been, picked late rounds are awesome but um 
you know, it, it's just one of those things, not getting these receivers to come in, to come here. It, it raises questions and I'm going to have to catch Andrew up real quick because he had to just go run to an errand real quick. Uh, just talking about how the, you know, for some reason they're not getting receivers to come play, you know, guys come and visit and, you know, then you have Hollywood Brown leave and go, I, I want the ball more. I'm not going to get the ball there. I want the ball. Yeah, it's definitely become a, geez, here's Mr. History right here. Diva receiver leak. Where unless you're catching probably what, maybe 80, at least 80 balls. Yeah, I would put, yeah, that's probably a good mark. You're not looked at as a, what is the, what is the number after the Christian Kirk deal? Uh, 20 to $30 million wide receiver. So again, in a way, the Christian Kirk is not worth that. (laughs) No, just put that out there. No, 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 no. But why would you want to come and hurt yourself when it comes down to when you're looking for that second or even third contract of making money? Yeah. When you're a number one guy and you could like, Oh, I'm getting, 60 to 70 touches if I'm lucky as the number one. And you got Mark Andrews who's going to get tons. Mark is the primary receiving target. Oh, God, yeah. What He had 107 receptions. So, and this is not a throwing team. So if I'm a wide receiver, I think I'm going to stay away from there. Baltimore's, I think, a pretty decent franchise. Yeah. And it's not really a, I don't think, a destination city unless you're looking for football. I mean, unless you want to so, be close, close to DC without having to play for the commanders. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that either way. Heard that. Uh, so I, you would have to switch up your whole entire offense. And why would you do that when you're winning? So until then, I think you're just getting the bottom feeder have to look for receivers and in the draft. And I think that's the ultimate thing that's going to hurt them. I agree. You know, and, and, and cause I mean, you look at, you look at the running back room, Dobbins and Edwards are both really good. Lamar is easily, easily one of, if not the best athlete on any field he steps on. Yeah. It, but, but his biggest question is his play style. And can he win with his arm? Because as of right now, you know, Oh, he led the league in passes, led passing yards, led the league in passing touchdowns his MVP season. It was four years ago. What have you done for me lately? It's progressively gotten that number. Those numbers have progressively gotten worse because people don't worry about the deep stuff anymore. So you're not getting away. Like teams have learned how to slow down your running game enough to make you rely on your arm, but you're still going to win. You're still going to win ball games. You're going to beat the Browns twice a year. You're going to beat most of the teams you're going against. You're going to have a decent run because teams, teams don't stay at the top. And then you're in dog fights with the, with the other top teams, right? How many times do you see a team lead the division and what? So this year they're going to be playing the two seeds in their, in their cross conference play. I do believe. Yeah. I don't have that in front of me. So. Uh, 2020. Yeah. Cause they got the Cardinals on the schedule. Right. So you're, so you're playing the two seeds like, and that Cardinals game could be a decent, a decent game. I mean, I, I don't know. This team is absolutely built to win this division. But I mean, yeah, they're they're they obviously adding Morgan Moses on the offensive line helps. 
Adding Michael Pierce helps. Losing Villanueva hurts. Losing Bozeman hurts. I think when you look at them, they're built to win close games, but don't really look like they're built to win the comeback game. I mean that that's been that's been the key to beating them all along, right? Get a lead, mm-hmm. get a lead, and they they they're going to struggle. I mean, yeah, that's the, the very John Madden of me, right? I can't say that completely because they did come back and beat the Colts that time, but uh, everybody came back and beat the Colts that time. And there's John. Um, <laughs> and, and listen, we I, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure we talked about that on our like on that episode. Like we were picking the Colts to win that division, but. I mean, their thing last year, they couldn't finish. Mm-hmm. It's like a high schooler on prom night. Just couldn't get the job done. <laughs> Came real close a bunch of times, though. So, I mean, that's the that's probably the biggest knock on the raisin, ra- raisins. Ravens <laughs> is their wide receiver room. There you go. If they start losing, you could call them the raisins. And they're just not built for that comeback game which you got to be built for and i think that's when you go into when we're talking about lamar can lamar i don't i think it's not so much can he take over a game with his arm but can he come back well and that's so when you look at that guy when you look at teams that can do that and guys that can do that they they do it with their arm they do it with arm talent Mm -hmm. they do it with being able to, to put the ball where they want you know putting in in tight windows, not just hitting a guy who's wide open and going to run for 80 yards after the catch. Like it's making it, it's making it work when there's not much to work with. That's how guy like, I mean, Manning, Brady, Rogers, breeze Favre. I mean, Favre to a fault, you know, the interception King, but he was going to, he was going to try. Damn it. He was going to give you his best shot. Like, And, and the other thing too, it's funny that you brought up Favre is I always felt like it. Brett Favre sometimes elevated receivers. I've not seen Lamar Jackson really elevate a receiver. And I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. So you have to kind of elevate what you have around you. In the biggest case is I'm pretty sure Gabe Davis is an absolute great talent. But if he doesn't have Josh Allen throwing him that ball, is he really as great of a talent as we think he is? Right. Are, are, are people as excited for Gabe Davis if he's got Jameis Winston throwing him the ball this year? Probably I'm, not. I'm I not. mean, <laughs> I, like, are, is, anybody, are, is anybody as excited about Gabe Davis this year if he didn't have four touchdowns in a playoff game last year? Uh, the hype might be a little bit lower, but still, that like that flash, that holy crap. The, I mean, moves that were putting defensive backs, not just on skates, on their ass. He was yeah. yard sailing dudes with cuts. That was disgusting. Like, you know, but you got to be able to throw the ball to him. I mean, he, he made throw, like he made catches, fingertip catches over the top. Like, but that's on ball placement too. That ball's underthrown a little bit. It's picked. Yeah. I, you know, that's, and that's what we talk about, you know, and we're going to talk about one of the, what appears to be a guy who's going to join the conversation for a top tier, uh, top tier quarterback, top five guy. In Joey Burrow with the Bengals next, the reigning AFC champions in the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you want to, I mean, you want to talk about the biological opposite. This, this wide receiver room looks scary. It's stacked too much. <laughs> There's too much in this wide receiver room. 
Oh man. I mean, and like it, it, just their top three with T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and uh, who's that other guy? Oh, Jamar chase who <laughs> one of the best rookie receiving years I've ever seen. And also the, the Hayden Hurst at tight end. I kind of like that move. Yep. That, that was, that was a big pickup. I think that's going to be huge. And, but really it's don't, just so makes it doesn't suck. No, no. The, I think the most exciting thing about the Bengals is in my mind is the reworked offensive line. Yeah. I, with Collins, you know, looks like he's out. You got Kappa, you got Karras, uh, Jonah Williams wasn't too bad last year. And that an upright Joe Burrow. Scary. I, it, it combined with what you just said in the wide receiver room is the one, probably one of the most exciting, but also most terrifying things you could imagine. If this guy is, well, you seen what he did at LSU when he was upright. Right. Well, I'm not saying that's going to transfer over, but that's huge. That was the biggest knock and not many teams go out and fix that the way that they did. No, especially the Bengals with spending money. Obviously they feel they got something here and they spent money on it. Yeah. I mean, they went out, they got a tackle, two guards and a tight end in free agency. And then they drafted another one. They drafted another guard. Or no, that was last year with Jackson Cameron. My bad. But like, so you're going with some proven talent mixed with uh, like some some young, you know, guys with some ability. You have Cordell Volson, who's a fourth round pick. I mean, they, they spent a draft pick and two undrafted free agent signings on linemen as well. Sorry, four, four, three undrafted and a fourth round pick. Like, so you're saying we're going to find the guy that can keep our dude upright. And here's why. They don't have a ton in on, on defense. Troy Hendrickson, solid. Yeah. Hubbard, Reader, Hill, not a bad defensive front. Wilson and Pratt, eh, okay. <laughs> Eli Apple showed he can be kind of a liability. You know, there, there's not a whole lot to call home about on this defense. No, other than probably Jesse Bates. Right. Only thing is, once again, is they did another thing that they did was when they drafted Daxton Hill, who is that tweener guy. Is he a corner? Is he a safety type thing? They got him listed as a safety when he was drafted on the depth chart. He's a corner. So if he could be something as well, this might kind of fix that secondary that really 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 cost them in the yeah. super bowl and this is a definitely a this is the come from behind team oh god yeah this this is the <laughs> like the, when they're winning they're playing catch me if you can and if not they're playing you know what you better not stop scoring because we're not going to stop scoring and i love it like, like listen i love the way this team is built offensively i should say defensively yeah. defensively the, the linebackers just look horrible Right, like when when you read their linebacking core, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, because they run a, a what looks like their base defense is to be a big nickel, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why you have that Mike Hilton or that like that Dax Hill type player could fill that role. Um, you sit there and you go, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson, who? 
Akeem Davis, Gator, and Gaithier, and then Marcus Bailey, other backups. Who? Like, that, that, that's not even guys who, like, pass their prime looking to hang on for another year or two. Those are just a whole lot of what? That's tough. That's really, really tough. And linebacker is one of those weird positions, too, where if you are running, you know, like you said, a big nickel or a 4-3, are they really – are they really as valuable and like spending money? Cause they're not, they're, they're pass rushers, but you're spending more of your money on your edges now. Right. And if you're four or three, you're going DNs and that's where you're going for. So this is I, linebackers become such a weird thing in the NFL, unless you're a middle linebacker. Yeah. And, and like, or, and that's that true like that true middle linebacker feel like that guy who's going to, you know, the, the guy that everyone wants, you know, your, your Darius Leonard who can cover, who can be in uh, like roam the field, but he really, he's going downhill North and South and trying to rip someone's head off. Like those are the dudes in this, this style of defense, you need one of your two guys to do that from time to time. The other one's going to be in support and coverage roles, but like I would still want to like it, for me, a line, a middle linebacker is you either have one or you're looking for one and there's yeah. nothing in between, which is like one of the biggest knocks. Like when we get to talk, talking about the bills in a few weeks, you know, I mean, that's going to be one of the biggest conversations is Tremaine Edmonds. Is he that guy or is he not that guy? I mean, he's, he's probably the truest thing to a middle of the road, middle linebacker. Is he Devin white? No. Is he a bottom 15 guy? No. He's somewhere in the middle. So are you looking for the guy or do you have the guy? And that's really the big question mark there. I don't think they have a guy here in, in Cincy at all. No, I think this is going to be one of the things that are going to weak biggest weakness on the defense. You could say Eli Apple is, but it's linebacking core. And that's something that they definitely got to fix. Definitely got to work on. These guys all seem relatively pretty young with Wilson getting drafted in 2020 rats 2019 so you're bubble gumming this thing and also davis gaither is in 2020 so you're pretty much second to third year linebacker so you are bubble gumming this yeah i mean you're and just trying to make it work until you i mean and, and listen offensively they shouldn't need to do much going forward here i mean no. maybe Maybe trying to find a guy who's going to take Tyler Boyd's spot because he's he's gone. <laughs> he's yeah, he, like this has got to be one of his last years, probably. Yeah, he's he's definitely so Jacksonville can overpay him too, right? But I mean, you know, your next and, and they've already started. They drafted Cam Taylor Britt this year in the second round, Tyson Anderson in the fifth round, Dax Hill in the first and Zach Carter in the third. So, I mean, they spent a lot of draft capital this year on, on the defensive side of the ball. Are these guys going to be that guy? I don't know. Are they going to be able to step up and fill a role? I don't know. Mm. Listen, any one of those, like between Hill, Anderson, Taylor, Britt, and Carter, they're one injury away from getting their shot right now as not being yeah. currently not being listed as the starter. So, and who knows, they could be listed as a starter by the time the year comes. Again, I'm going off our ledge. You're probably going off ESPN. Yeah, I'm going off of ESPN over here. And the other thing I'm thinking about when I'm looking at this team in a way, was it, I know they overachieved, but did it hurt them to make the Super Bowl? It, it sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. And I know me and you, 
we argue about this all the time about <laughs> with my team or, you know, making the playoffs and stuff like that. But in a way, cause there's just, when you look at the linebacking core and everything else, it just seems like they still needed more. Right. You have all those offensive pieces you, and uh, so you picked second from the bottom. If you're picking even middle of the road, you're, you might be picking a starting middle linebackers from somewhere. You might be picking a, a legit starting. I mean, everything I'm hearing out of, out of the bills camp is that corner that they picked is just a stud. Like he's just turning heads left and right. I mean, when you have, when you're frustrating Stefan Diggs, you're doing well, he, that dude could have been a bangle, but you made the super bowl. And the worst part about it, it's, and it's awesome. I would have loved to have been in the super bowl would have loved to be like, but the bills are in a different position. They're, they're not still trying to build on what they had their offense flashed. They got hot at the right time. They made it and they didn't win it. So you made the super bowl, cost yourself a draft pick at like some, some draft position and you don't have the hardware to show for it. It's definitely a, an, an interesting conversation to be had. Yeah. Like I just feel it, it was really awesome to see him there as a football fan, but looking at it, I'm thinking to myself, did, did you, did you really need to go just to lose? Like you said, with the whole hardware situation. And the worst was, part is they were one play away. If somebody gets a piece of Aaron Donald, we're talking about the defending Super Bowl champions right now. And and then that I can understand. You did it. You were great. You went through it. Yeah. But now there's they don't ask how they ask how many and one is better than none. And you're you're the targets there. I don't think there was a target last year and I don't think there would have been a target this year. They would be like, okay, cool. Bengals made the playoffs because the Browns are the Browns Lamar's hurt. So the Ravens aren't really what they are. And the, the Steelers, Steelers had a quarterback who couldn't throw a ball past five yards. Yeah. So you, you made the playoffs. That's cool. And now all of a sudden you're, you're the team. You yeah. have to, you, you, pr- this team pretty much has to go back to at least the FC championship game. Yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, cause we're, we're talking about a team, you know, you shouldn't have been there last year. But you got there now and repeating is hard, you know, repeating. That's why the the, regardless of the fact that they lost four in a row, going to four in a row is not an easy feat. Like going back to back, just showing up to the Super Bowl back to back years is not an easy feat. I don't know, man. It's it. This will this this feels like a far a way more extended version of like the year the Bills like broke the drought where like we weren't supposed to go to the, the playoffs that year. Like we weren't, then we did. Then the next year we missed the playoffs and everyone was like, what the hell? Oh my God. What a joke. This coaching stat. Like, no, we're actually, we overachieved year one. We're back on course. And then the following year we went back and the rest is history. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they get that pass here. You went to the super bowl as your overachievement. If you go from making the super bowl to not making the playoffs, which is incredible. Like, Anybody who's a two seed that's not in the West, you may not make the playoffs. Like, we, the West is like the wild, wild West, which we will get to down the road here. Like all four of those teams might go. Mm-hmm. And if, and if they do, that means whoever the two seed is in every other division doesn't. So like if you go from one, one play from holding the hardware to, I didn't make the playoffs or God forbid you're the three seed in this division. 
what's what's this gonna look like? It's gonna it's gonna get ugly. It's gonna get ugly quick. I think Zach Taylor goes back on the hot seat. I absolutely he does. Right there, and you're looking at every last thing, and honestly, in a way, it might be the best thing for him. So you could probably get something pretty decent. But they're they're the biggest out of all the teams in this division. They have the biggest target on the back. They sure do. And And the team that's probably putting the biggest target on their back has got to be the Steelers. I mean, we know who the Ravens are going to be. The Ravens have been that team for going on their fifth year now with, you know, ever since they got their identity of being of, of being Lamar's football team. The Steelers, on the other hand, they've had a couple down years, still found a way to, to, to finish 500 or better because Tomlin's a great coach. Um, but I mean, we're we're talking about a team here that none of these dudes and th- this entire franchise is not OK with not being in the conversation for the division champion. Which two years ago they were in the ugliest 11 and 0 start I've ever seen. <laughs> sputtering to the end but regardless they like their biggest thing here they got rid of the the quarterback that was holding them back the ben roethlisberger his last two years was like a really 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 nice car that you put really shitty oil and really shitty fuel in and i mean Najee harris probably going to be one of the best running backs in the league this year pat fryermuth getting a start as tight end, I like Fryermuth. He 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 flashed a few times last year. I remember seeing him in the preseason, going like that kid's going to be legit. It's his it's his spot now. Deontay Johnson. I'm not a huge Johnson fan. I think he drops the ball too much and in big spots. But he does flash. This George Pickens kid looks like he can make some plays. Chase Claypool. We've seen him. We've seen him splash. What are these guys going to do with a guy who can throw the football? But who's going to be throwing the football? As of right now, it's allegedly Mitch Trubisky's team or spot to lose. They got Kenny Pickett they just drafted. Mason Rudolph still hanging out in purgatory somewhere. <laughs> that That is the question. That is, I don't think the defense is the defense. This is another one of those teams like the Ravens. Yeah, the defense the, the, this, been, team, the, this defense is disgusting. O- Ogunjobi, Alu-Alu, Hayward, Watt, Bush, Jack, Highsmith, Wallace, Edmonds, Fitzpatrick, Witherspoon, and Sutton. Yeah, that sounds like it sucks. Yeah, like I listen the the two Raven Steelers games this year. I I want to go to one. I want to because this is a heavyweight fight. This is this is Tyson Holyfield on defense. That that's what this is. This is going to be like that's going to be like three three yards in a cloud of dust football. Just, oh god, yeah. Especially if the weather sucks late in the year. Hell oh. yeah. But I think that's the biggest thing is. I think the biggest difference between these two is obviously they have much better wide receivers than the Ravens. It's talking about this. But can Mitchell Trubisky take what they give him? Because you know you're going to have Najee Harris, so you're probably going to get stacked in the box, and teams are going to say Trubisky beat us. Yeah. Can Trubisky be that good to beat to beat teams? Because you know your defense is going to keep you in it. You're if Delonte West needs some like stick him or something or Delonte. Why am I thinking Delonte West? Yeah, Delonte Johnson. He needs stickum or something, but that is the honestly the biggest question mark is Trubisky. Absolutely, is he, he going to be able to capitalize on 
all the opportunities he's going to have because he is going to have opportunities downfield because I feel like everybody's going to concentrate on Harris. And Trubisky has that stigma of, I, I know he played well in that preseason game in Buffalo or for Buffalo last year against the Bears and everything else. He didn't take the Bears to the playoffs, but is he going to be able to show where he's learned enough and improved enough to say he, 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 took, the, the ball. he took the bears of the playoffs at least once yeah. yeah once right but once again that was a really great defense the bears had i mean so he, is he, gonna, he also took that team i mean we've seen we saw what that offense became without him that is true i mean like there's there's a lot of like upside question mark to trubitsky in my mind i i think he can play i think he's I think he might be one of your one of your guys that you can talk about, like victim of a shitty system. Or is he and, another or is he just another Tyrod Taylor? Right. Like, like one of two <laughs> things. He's 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 either going to show this year that Kenny Pickett's going to be kind of sitting back and watching for a few years or he's going to play well enough to go get a big contract somewhere else, because I think they only signed him on a one year. Right. Yeah. So he's going to play well enough to either you're going to pay me or someone else is going to pay me and you can play the kid or we're just going to see he's a patchwork quarterback where he's going to go somewhere else year after year after year and just do that journeyman starter thing and go from there. But I I'm excited to see what he can do. I will. I think that's like I said, the biggest question mark is what is he? Is he? Because there's always two sides to every coin. And I think there's two sides when you're talking about Trubisky. Like you said, is he that guy, victim of the shitty system, or is he just a shitty quarterback? And I think at this point, with what he has, uh, offense, offensive weapons, and then the defense, I think we're going to see if he is that just shitty, <laughs> shitty quarterback or that guy from a shitty system. Because I also feel the Steelers have a way better franchise structure and coaching structure than what Chicago is. At. Oh, hell yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, you're going to, you're going to see he, this is the best running back he's probably ever played with in Najee Harris, in my opinion. Um, you know, I mean, our, our Johnson Pickens and Claypool, what he worked with in Buffalo last year, probably not, but it's, it's a better I mean, wide receiver room than the bears though. Absolutely. It really had Allen Robinson. Yeah, that was it. And I mean, and he, he didn't do again, he wasn't great, but he didn't do terrible you know and and really the biggest one of his one of the biggest problems when he was in chicago was they blew their load to get khalil mack and couldn't help him out at all i mean and that listen that was hats tats and stats episode one that was me and t wave that trade had just happened when we started this podcast and we literally said that is a move you make you go you you go and sell the farm for that guy if you're one piece away and the bears were not one piece away at the time they made the splash move for a big defensive end who kept them in games. He won them a couple games. I mean, there was, he had some insane stat lines that were like four sacks, a forced fumble, uh, two fumble recoveries and a pick six. And like, they won the game by four and you're like, well, Khalil Mack won that game for them. Defensive ends don't win you games all the time. You know, who does your quarterback? Yes. And if you don't put anything around him, you know, and now you're like, again, I, I hope Claypool figures it out. He was fun to watch when he had his splash games. I, this George Pickens kid, they're really excited about him, but it, it 
I mean, we had this conversation in the group, the two point group chat the other day, uh, last night, actually, you know, everyone like there's, there's highlight going around of, his, of this incredible catch that he made where, you know, he caught the nose of the football right before it hit the ground. Why is no one talking about the fact that that ball hit him in the fucking numbers and he dropped it and then he dropped the second chance. That was a third opportunity. You know how many chances you get to catch a football in a game? Less than two. Like great, spectacular once in a lifetime. It happened in minicamp or it happened in, in, in preseason camp. The odds of that happening in a game now are slim to none. Catch the damn thing when it hits you in the numbers or I'm going to start calling you Deontay Johnson. That is true. Like, I watched it. I watched, I know it's a little way different. I watched it yesterday in my, at my son's football practice, first football practice. They were doing wide receiver drills. You know, some of those kids were making some really great catches. Then all of a sudden they got deed up and those spectacular catches were not what they were. I know it's two different sides of the spectrum, but it's a lot different when you have a defender on you and when you're in the game. And like you said, you need to make the catch the first time not the second time, not the third time you need to catch it the first time it's at you. And it needs to be in your numbers or that's, that's a whole Mr. History thing where I'll get on a rant about social media (laughs) and how it's just making stars out of stupid stuff. So, well, and it absolutely is. And speaking of stars out of stupid stuff, I mean, Juju Smith Schuster was one of the quote unquote key losses. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, the, the fact that he didn't get cut after the whole and, and like, and listen, the media probably made the whole TikTok thing into more than what it actually was. But like the first time it makes, it makes the news that this dude's doing fucking TikTok dances on the other team's logo or whatever. And it makes the news. Hey, asshole, knock it off. <laughs> Juju proved also last year. And since AB was gone, he is a really good number two receiver yes. and that's all he'll ever be. Yeah. Is he showed absolutely nothing to step up and I could see why you would let him go when you got Claypool and Johnson and, and other receivers and you draft pickings. Yeah. There was really, I don't see that as a key loss. That's. Well, yeah. I mean, cause even, even when you look through, through the depth here, like miles Boykin had what the fuck. I think he was with the Ravens last year, wasn't he? Yes, he was. My my computer just freaked out for a second. Um, oh. like Gunnar Olazuski like has shown flashes in the slot when he was with New England. Uh, they have a fourth round pick in Calvin Austin, the third. And you know what always scares me? Fourth and fifth round receivers, because for yeah. some reason, like the fourth and fifth round has a higher or just as high of a percentage of hitting with receivers as like a first rounder does like 40% of first round receivers actually pan out. It's almost the same in the fourth and the fifth because you just don't know because who, who gets drafted in the first, these guys from Ohio state, these guys from Alabama who are just the best in the nation and the guys they're playing against can't hang with them. Who ends up breaking in the league guys who have had to fight and scrape and claw for everything they ever did. They've been playing like contested coverage. They've been making contested catches and then they get pro training that they weren't getting in college and they pop. It's insane, but whatever. That's another story for another time as well. Or they were playing in a shitty system that just didn't throw the ball or anything. Right. Uh, I don't think replacing Joe Hayden with Levi Wallace, not that that's technically what they did, but it's kind of what they did. I don't think that's that like that. That's a step down, but I'm not a fan of Levi Wallace. I don't know how you feel about him as a Bills fan. I always felt Levi Wallace was the weakest part of that defense. 
Oh, he was. Okay. No, he's not bad. Don't get me wrong. He was the weakest part of a good defense, but he's not a starting corner. He's not a number two corner. If he was, the Bills wouldn't have moved on from him and looked to draft, you know, essentially a true number one is your number two, which mm-hmm. is, in my opinion, I'm hoping what they did. But like, he was a guy who you're hoping he's in your slot and, or as your nickel or your dime guy. And he does really well there. He does really well against the, you know, the bottom half, number two, number threes and number fours. He's a guy that can lock that down for sure. Now he's going against everyone's number two in this defense as it stands right now. So that could be dicey. I mean, we, when you looked at a guy who got burned in a bad spot for the bills, it was usually Levi. And I feel bad for him. Cause like there were times he made plays too. And, you know, last year when, uh, when Trey white went down, he had to step up. They all had to step up and he did a decent job. He's just not, I don't think he's a top two guy. I, I think you could almost get away a little bit with this, with that in the secondary, considering what you have as a pass rush. Yes. And what and, you have at and what you have at safety. Because yeah, between they, Edmonds and Fitzpatrick, you have great guys over the top to help him out. You're going to get after the quarterback with that front, with that front. So, and he'll probably do okay as number two. He'll, he'll do okay. as He'll do okay as a number two against the Ravens. Cause they don't have receivers. No, like, so again, bottom half 15 and down number two receivers. He'll do fine. I think I'm going to go try out as for the Ravens for a wide receiver. See I mean, I shit, do. I might too. <laughs> Although they look at me and be like, you're a tight end and you're not as good as him. And I'd be like, you're right. They'll just, well, they'll probably look at both of us and be like, we need backup offensive linemen. Play fullback. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you know, so the interesting one, I mean, we've talked about the, the parody that's in this division now (laughs) yeah a year ago we looked at this team on this show and we're like wow the browns could legitimately be real deal contenders and ever since then the browns have just continued to do browns things they've continued to be the mistake on the lake they the factory of sadness just pumps out just incredibly incredibly ridiculous news they say they're, they, they said they were all in on Baker. Then reports come out that they're trying to trying to get Watson. Then they're like, no, we're out on Watson. And Baker's like, well, fuck you. You were in on Watson. So I'm out on you. And they're like, no, we're out on Watson. We're in on you. 100%. He's like, well, okay. And then they're like, well, we traded for Watson. What? And then, oh, Watson might get suspended for anywhere between a game and forever. So uh, Baker, we might still need you. And Baker was like, get fucked. Mm-hmm. Which was absolutely the answer. I do not blame him at all. And I am not a Baker Mayfield fan at all. But I think anybody in that situation, I think he was 100% within his right to tell him to go eat a dick. Absolutely. And like, and the, the only interesting spot would have been if the Watson ruling would have come down sooner and it was a full year suspension. They were like, it's one year, full year, gone. And now they're like, listen, Baker, we're not trading you. They kind of have him over a barrel. He's in the last year of his contract. As it stands with the way he played, he's not going to, he'll probably get a shot somewhere, but he'll go to a crowded, crowded QB room on a rough team. He'll probably be a commander next year. He's not going to get paid the way he wants to potentially get paid. He's just going to be 
a guy in a locker room somewhere hoping to get a shot and hoping he does well, do you like, okay, I'll play and try to ball out to go get paid somewhere else. I don't know. That was tough. That's not what happened. They traded him to the Panthers, which was funny because we talked about how the Panthers wanted him. The Browns wouldn't trade it to him. And we're like, well, they're playing week one. No kidding. But you're also telling me now that you think Baker can beat you week one, which is a problem. <laughs> like, and then they traded him anyway. Like it did like literally the day the podcast that that episode dropped, they tr- made, they made the trade. So I think going to a better situation. I think man. so too. And again, like we talked about, you're supposed to look good at camp. Apparently he hasn't. I mean, oh. I would also be curious to like where his headspace was during this whole Deshaun Watson debacle in Cleveland, because I'll be honest, like you're probably messing with the dude's head. Well, I remember when, uh, Mr. Jamar Chase, they said he was going to be a bust because he wasn't catching anything in practice. <laughs> well, <laughs> he kind of caught stuff when it mattered. Yeah, you, you had to bring that one up, right? Where I like all yeah. last year, I was making fun of the dude. Like, you can't catch because there's no stripes on the ball. What the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> uh, oh, the dude was a top five receiver. I'll shut up. Thank you. Yeah. yeah the, like one of the most dangerous guys in the whole entire league. It's uh the the Allen Iverson thing, I think, when we talk about guys of practice, we're talking about practice. Right. Practice. practice. We're talking about practice. And I'll tell you, you know, so obviously the Deshaun Watson acquisition has been turbulent to say the least. As allegedly, there were, I mean, if you believed social media, the Cleveland fans were ready to sell their jerseys and sell their tickets. And, you know, they're joining other teams as fans. And as long as Watson was on the roster and then Apparently Watson showed up for his first day at camp and the place went nuts. And you know, they also, yeah, now everybody loves him. Not like, but now it's, it's only a six game suspension that's been recommended. I don't know if I haven't seen if the NFL has appealed or whatever, or what the official ruling is. I just know that that's what the judge came out with. I don't know. That whole thing is another, we'll get to that in a minute, but um, Watson last time he played, I've been on record multiple times saying this dude is easily, in my opinion, one of, if not the best quarterback, talent-wise, top to bottom in the league. Anything oh, yeah. anyone can do, he can do too. You know, he he, he throws <laughs> like Mahomes. He throws like... I think uh, that's the wrong thing to say. Listen, I'm getting there. Way to kill my joke. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, he can... You know, he, he can throw like Mahomes and Rodgers. He can think like Brady. When you, If you ever hear him talk about the X's and O's of a game, you're like, oh, my man gets it. You know, he, he treats women like Ben Roethlisberger. He, I mean, just a Hall of Famer all around, right? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> We're getting canceled before our 100th episode. <laughs> the E button. I knew what I was getting into on this one. Of course. I We're knew. a different kind of pro sports podcast here on Hats, Stats, and Stats. Yeah, I know. I actually kind of like swore. That's probably sports with an attitude. Does sound as a Dolphins fan? Because that was the big thing. I wanted Watson. I was kind of excited. And then after a while, I was like, I don't want this guy. The price tag's too high. And you don't know what you're getting with the whole suspension thing. Six games isn't bad, but you're also paying him $230 million contract, all guaranteed. Now, the first year is only like a million but you're paying them all the way through. Right. That guy is on your books. Until, until that contract is paid every cent. Yes. 
and we all know Minnesota learned that the hard way with Mr. Uh, Kirk Cousins getting a first full entire guarantee contract. Two different quarterbacks. Watson's much better. But looking at it once again, what does he have? He just put himself back in the Houston Texans situation. Yeah. I mean, so they, they brought over Amari Cooper to replace OBJ or Landry. One of the two Donovan people's Jones was the number three or number four option when those two guys were there. And when one of them or both of them was out, he didn't do great. Um, they drafted David Bell, it looks like. And, I mean, you still have one of the best offensive lines in the league. They picked up Jack Conklin, I believe, was this year. Yeah, from Tennessee. No, it was last year. Last year. So, I mean, but so Conklin, uh, Wyatt Teller, who turned into one of the best guards in, in the NFL. I mean, this, this offensive line is scary. They run block really well for guys like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And then, I mean, they're they're so damn good. Dearness Johnson looked good when he had to play last year. Obviously, you have Deshaun. He's going to be out at least the first six. I know that's going to kill him. Which means Jacoby Brissett's going to be the guy. Uh, I don't. (laughs) And and this defense is not great. I mean, I feel like a year ago we were talking about, like, holy crap, this defense is going to be good. Now, Miles Garrett and and, uh, Jadavion Clowney, Okay, Clowney's shown when he's not the guy that you have to worry about. Like when you have Miles Garrett on the other side, he can do things opposite someone. I mean, but just across, like Denzel Ward is solid. Anthony Walker, maybe, I don't know. Delphin could Newsome. Newsome was hurt most of the year. Yeah. I mean, and there's their secondary was their weakest part of it was the weakest part of this team and has for a while has been for a while and they haven't done much to make it more gooder no and that's i think the problem with the watson trade were they really a quarterback away no and could you really afford to give up three consecutive first round picks like and and now that's the thing this is this is the 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 khalil mack thing if he's not the guy, like you can't build around him now. He's a nope. huge cap hit going forward. He like you have guy you have like between Chubb and Hunt are going to be probably done on your team in the next year or two. Hunt's in his last year. I think Chubb's got two. I mean, and you're going to you have to pay Chubb, right? Because you're either letting one of the best running backs in the league walk, or you're paying him. Your offense, your entire offensive line is going to want to get paid in the near future. I mean, Teller's got to be coming up on his fifth year. That This has got to be Teller's fifth year, I would think. Um, or it's his fourth, so he's coming up. Conklin's one of the best tackles in the league. I mean, Nick Harris is going to need to get paid in the next couple of years. He was drafted in 2020. I, I mean, you're you're running. You can't replace these guys with, with first-round talent because you don't have any. And also projected for next year, they're about to be $32 million over the cap. Right. And I like is your your team and management have shown that you're you don't have the propensity and intelligence to kick that money down the road to make it matter less. Like however other team that works the cap and has these incredible rosters, they just kick things down the road. Like you're you're not you're not gonna be the Rams, you're not gonna be able to sell your first round picks to to 
obtain talent because you, again, don't have any because you sold them all for a dude, one, uno. And yes, it is the most important position on the field, but you worked that dude away. <laughs> his <laughs> shitty team. I Okay. His second last year in Houston. So not last year when he didn't play the two years prior, he had what Will Fuller and Cooks, I think. And Brandon Cooks. I would say those two better than Cooper and Peoples-Jones. Cooper's probably better than either one of those guys. Cooper's getting older. Right. And And Peoples-Jones is not good. Like, so you're in a worse position here. And the year before that, you had DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. Oh, yeah, that's... So, like, this is the worst offense you've played on. It's probably the best running backs you've ever had, but the worst offense you've ever played on. Definitely the best running back. And you might come in and start week seven, and you might be 0-6. That is... And I don't think... And I I think that's going to weigh on him. Money's great, but I think Deshaun Watson's at a point where he wants to win. And I know his off the field things hurt him in that aspect as well, but he wants to win instead of just moving from one bad situation to another, or maybe for some odd reason, he just wants money and I mean, screw it. And I'm done. I don't know. I, at some point you got to want to win, right? Like what, what are you doing there? Are you, are you just there to get paid and be like, I'm good. Or I don't know. Like <laughs> at some point you got to think the pride takes over and you want to win. Right. Like, and I know. Okay. So you're betting on yourself. Like, listen, we're going to win. Cause I'm that damn good. Maybe. But can, is Deshaun Watson that good to will himself into those positions? I, I, you could say a lot of quarterbacks could do that, but is he, once again, is he the elevator? Is he that, that guy that's going to mean, will himself into positions? I, I think it's, I think Brady he, is probably the ultimate elevator. Oh, ab- absolutely. And I, I think Watson may not necessarily be an elevator, but he's a guy who can put a team on his back. But the, the teams that need a guy that, that does that, the Brady can put a team on his back. Rogers can put a team on his back. Mahomes can do it. Allen can do it. I mean, there's guys out there that can do it, but when your entire season is, we need this guy to put us on our, on his back. That's not a, that's not a recipe for wins. Nope. I mean, okay, great. So if you were in a different division, if you were in, I don't know, the, AFC South. I would have to say that it's probably the, the you, you might you probably might have, you might have a chance. Yeah. Oh wait, because you did that with the Texans. So you went to the Texans of the North, but they're in a, one of the toughest divisions in football. I don't think you finish higher than third, and third would be a gift. A third would be the Steelers don't have a competent quarterback amongst the three of them. Yeah. Cause especially if you're starting out, definitely probably. Oh, and six, this is. And it's not going to get better next year again. Cause what are you doing? How are you paying people? How are you keeping people around? Amari Cooper's contract is huge. Isn't it? Didn't like, didn't Dallas give him a huge contract before he left? Yeah. yeah. Like, 
that's why they could only get like a what they get like a six round pick for him yeah because it's just absolutely ridiculous and that's one of the reasons why they were like, oh crap we're over the cap we got to trade them i guess we can't have every single wide receiver we'll just have to stick with cd uh, yeah. but it's it it looks way it just looks very bad it just seems like the browns are still going to be the browns and you know i i bought into the browns hype i think it was two years ago and I even last year was like, you know what? I think they're going to be a little bit better than people anticipate, but nope. The Browns are forever the Browns until they can show me consistently that they are not. And I don't think like, I think they've, they've tied their franchise to an anchor here. I think you're, you have a great quarterback and you're not going to be able to put anything around him, which means he's going to be fighting for his life in a tough division for the, for the remainder of his career. Oh yeah. Cause that's the other thing is uh, Jedrick Wills. I know he's probably in what his about third year. Uh, he was drafted in 20. So, Oh, so this will be his fourth year. So after this year, you're either getting that fifth year option, tagging him or paying him or he's leaving. There's just so much that they just, this I, is I the mean, again, why, why tellers in that boat, Nick Harris is in that boat. Like you're, you know, all of these dudes are going to want money. And all of them deserve it. Like of all five of their guys in their offensive line, they have one of the best offensive lines in the game. All five of those guys are worth every penny they're going to get paid. And probably four of them are not going to play for you in, 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 within the next two years. And what are you replacing them with? A little like either dudes on their last leg or spray and pray third round picks and down. I just... That's way too it the price tag's too big. There's so many holes. I think you're even still playing paying Austin Hoop or was his cut are they cut him or I can't remember if his contract that I don't remember. But that that's even and my question is too is within this contract year, if probably this year might be a free pass, but if they don't do anything next year which they highly might not. Uh, once again, are the Browns just going to completely re-overhaul their front office, coaching staff, and everything else like they're known to do? Yeah, the old kiss of death. I mean, it seems like every three years or so, that's what they're doing. Yeah. Maybe. And, and it's the ownership. that I think it's the ownership that did it. This is number one bad ownership right here. Oh, hell yeah. This is not. Yeah, this is this is the this is the epitome of torpedoing your franchise by trying trying to do too much and really doing too little. There and there's no in between there. This team should could be so good. You would have just kept kept Baker for this year. See what would have happened. Reevaluate yourself when it comes down to the draft. Even if you got to draft another quarterback, you know you got picks in the next couple of years. Yeah. When you're because this could be you're you're potentially right now giving the Texans probably another top 10 pick. Oh, without question. Yeah, the Texans are laughing to the bank for as bad as of a of a, of a position as uh Bill O'Brien put them in with like 
selling DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of footballs and trading away picks left and right for really nothing. But I mean, even that trade doesn't even look that bad anymore with no. DeAndre Hopkins being out. <laughs> no, because he can't stay on the field all of a sudden. Maybe that Arizona Heat or something. Apparently, Arizona Heat is different than uh, Texas Heat. But uh, I mean, this- but as bad as they, uh, as bad of a position as they were in, David Mills looked somewhat serviceable. I mean, easily the best quarterback in the cl- in the rookie class last year. And I don't know. There's there's guys out there that might be willing to go there and give it a shot if that team keeps building. And I mean, they're probably going to be third or fourth in their division. Yeah, possibly fighting for a top five, not fighting for possibly getting a top five pick. And then they might get another one from the Browns. Like these are easy turnaround things. If you have an even halfway, halfway decent scouting apartment. Browns Browns are going to be in purgatory. Yeah. The Browns are the factory of sadness. The mistake on the lake. Fucking moving to Baltimore. Fuck it. Eight and eight and nine, nine and eight seasons. If they're lucky. If they're lucky, <laughs> that's who in their division are they going to beat this year? They're zero and six right there. Maybe the Steelers. Uh, again, you better hope that the Steelers shit the bet. Maybe the Steelers, but I think the Steelers. Wow, I didn't think I would say this, but I think this is possibly like you said, the worst team in that division. Like I feel better with the Steelers, even though. You got Trubisky or a rookie quarterback or Mason Rudolph, Denhead. <laughs> but looking at everything <laughs> overall, they have a better wide receiver room. They, the Steelers probably have, or the Browns have a better offensive line. I would have to say the Steelers have a better tight end because Najoku can't stay healthy. No. And when he's on the field, he seems generally irrelevant. Yeah, so I don't even, and I think they just paid him too. They did. <laughs> I mean, so so here, you're playing the Panthers week one because Jacoby Brissett's going to be starting regardless because now we know that Deshaun's getting suspended to some extent. You're losing that game. You might beat the Jets. So now you're one and one. You're losing the Steelers. You're one and two. You're, you might, oh, they, they, this is one of the luckiest like first six game draws I've ever seen because they got the Jets and the Falcons in the mix. So they might go two and four in that stretch. Yeah. But okay. So say you're coming out two and four, you're zero and one in the division because you lost to the Steelers. Now you, you come out and you're playing the Ravens. So you're two and five, zero and two, the Bengals two and six, zero and three, the dolphins who for all intent and purpose should beat you. That is two true. and seven, the bills two and eight, the bucks two and nine, the Texans you have a shot against. So now you're three and nine. Then the Bengals. And you need to beat the Texans. Yeah. Three and three and ten, oh and four. Then the Ravens, three and eleven, oh and five. The Saints, who who knows what's going on? Like the I, yeah. I don't know. Then the commanders, which you'll okay, you'll probably win that one. And then you might beat the Steelers in week in the in the last week of the season because they might be resting people. Or they might be fighting for their playoff lives, in which case you are now what what I say, let's four and what four and 12, four and 13. Yeah. You'd be and oh, and six in division. That's bad. It, it's going to be, it's going to be a long year in Cleveland. They just, 
seem like they don't have anything. They, they don't. They have a quarterback after week six, maybe, and two of the best running backs in the game with an offensive line that can block for them. You know, if this was the 1970s, this would be the best team in the division. No kidding. <laughs> like looking at their quarter, looking at their running back, and then like the one wide receiver, this would be like the best team ever. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, wrong era, boys, wrong era. Yeah, built built this team to win four decades off. Whoops. Oh my. <laughs> there's right, really so, yeah, there's like there, there's just there's nothing nothing to be excited about. So would you rather have this wide receiver room or the Ravens? Honestly, the Ravens, because they're young and there's potential there. All right. I was just I was just looking at it. Because I don't know. Okay. I think you got Watson, but once again, Amari Cooper is probably the biggest, one of the biggest question marks too. Is, is he still Amari Cooper? I mean, was he he even Amari Cooper last year? He flashes. He's not a, he's not a consistent guy. He's not going to be a top five guy. He flashes some games. He looks unstoppable. Other games. He looks like, wait, was he hurt? Like you just don't know. And hot and cold, hot and cold cannot be your number one. No. And he's getting, he's getting up there. He's going to be 28. Wrong side of 26, as I like to say. <laughs> so uh, real quick, what is your, what is your prediction for this, uh, this division folding out? So who's going to be in where? Yep. Who's finishing first? The Ravens. Second. Bengals. Third. Steelers. And, and obviously the Browns. Browns. Yeah. The, the I just feel Browns the Ravens have sadness on the lake. Yeah, the Ravens just I think they're they're the best built team in the game. Yeah, and I think other than outside of Pittsburgh, you they're probably the most well coached. Yeah, and I, I they like you you might be able to say the Bengals have a shot, but the Bengals they're the Bengals shot is gonna be, well, we know how to stop them, but do you have the personnel to do so? That is when, when it comes to playing that team, and then it's who can score more. Mm-hmm. You know, can your can your defense stop Burrow and Chase? But Mister History, appreciate you joining me, my man. No problem. Thank you. Anytime. It was good having you. And on uh, behalf of Mister History and the rest of my cohorts here on Hats, Stats, and Stats, Hats, Stats, and Stats, part of the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com. You can find us on Facebook, Hats, Stats, and Stats Podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at hts underscore pod. Like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends. You can listen. If you're listening to us, you know how to find us, but tell your friends. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, and all kinds of other cool places too. Like, follow, share, subscribe there. And as always, go Bills. The weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here. And Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4-FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast.